0: Hey, welcome to Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep it
1: shallow. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready, because here come the spoilers. And what better horror movie to start off with than Saw?
0: Yeah, we've been talking about doing a, a horror movie podcast in a a saw horror movie podcast specifically for at least two years, years. at least least two years, if not like three or four years, or like literally the day we started hanging out.
1: I know. And, and I, you know, it's so rare that I find somebody who loves saw. I'm always so pleased.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, saw for me was, um, I had watched a lot of horror movies um, as a kid, like inappropriately young, <laughs> um, because I was just allowed to watch, like, you know, um, Friday the 13th and Halloween and a lot of like 70s and 80s slasher movies mm-hmm. um, that didn't really resonate with me in any way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Saw was the first horror movie I saw that I really liked and felt like was in my aesthetic or preferred or one of my preferred genres of horror movies.
1: My first horror movie was um probably The Gate. I used to watch that all the time with my dad. He he uh would he used to tape all these horror movies off the TV for me. <laughs> um and The Gate was one of them and I I watched it all the time and I loved it. Um so yeah, I've also just always been drawn to horror movies. Man with Saw I I just remember watching it and thinking what a cool idea it was. It was it just seemed it seemed so new at the time. Um I know it happened like around about 10 years after um 7 and it was compared a lot to 7, but um it felt very very new to me, um very unique just having having the person who is the victim also be the killer. <laughs> Um, so deranged and and strange and, um, really good twists at the end. So yeah, I just, I remember I loved it. Couldn't tell you who I watched it with though. That I don't remember. I just remember liking
0: it a lot. I saw it in the movie theater. Um, and I, uh, I was 13, um, and saw it in the movies and saw it before there was any like, jokes about it because I know that like after Saw had gone kind of I don't want to say like mainstream but like when people like knew about it I felt like there was a lot of like jokes and people would make references to it and like kind of parody it um and I saw it in theaters like I think pretty early on um I went with my with my mom and my aunt which my aunt (laughs) my aunt was a huge horror movie fan which I think is like where I got a lot of this from because like she had she was the one who had all those like 80s slasher movies on like VHS and she was a big like Friday night blockbuster let's go rent like two scary movies to watch for the weekend kind of person. And so um we went and saw saw with her and I was just like blown away. It was like I had (laughs) seven um and so I didn't have anything to compare it to. I had not I had like totally nothing to compare it to and so i was just totally mind blown coming out of the theater um the twist was totally unexpected it, it yeah it felt really modern for the time for me yeah. um yeah because like um even as i was like because i rewatched it um in prep for this like rewatching it is funny because it's very of its time. Like it yes. feels very late nineties, very like early two thousands. But at the time it was like, Oh, the music is so industrial. Like it feels <laughs> like, like that nine inch nails, like, yes. like industrial rock music on like every scene and the like super choppy, fast editing and like the yellow green tone of like most of the scenes. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I remember thinking a lot of movies during this period had the, that, rock, screamer, you know, metal kind of tone to them. I think after a while it it's sort of switched to rap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyways, yeah, I, I, that, was, that was always something I loved about horror movies from this time. I looked up some of the things that were happening during uh, 2004 when this movie came out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was two years into undergrad at this point. You were 13. And I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was still dating I was definitely still dating my first boyfriend. Um, MySpace was a thing. I definitely had MySpace. We we had some online classes. Um it but it was a new it was a new idea at the time to go to your class online and you were really lucky to get into one of those. Um, it was also my first time living on my own, away from my parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Facebook
1: launched this year.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And also, this is the year that we sent Martha Stewart to prison, and Janet Jackson's boob was shown to us on TV live.
0: <laughs> oh man, what a what a seminal. Oh, what um, event. <laughs> <laughs> the the technology thing is like really interesting because this this movie really feels like pre-internet. It does. It's not pre-internet, but it feels pre-internet. Like it's, they're using flip phones. They're not using the internet to, you know, do any, like the detectives aren't using the internet to do any research. They're still kind of doing that, like cutting out newspaper clippings and like putting them to the wall um, style of detective work, which like I, I dig. Like I think that watching a montage of people like clicking on the internet to research is like kind of a boring trope. In, it like, kind of is. Movies. And so, like, I actually like appreciate that with this movie.
1: Oh, and I, I definitely spent some time on that scene in Danny Glover's apartment where he's got all of those uh, clippings po- posted to the wall, uh-huh. and I, I was spending the last you know hour or so just combing through them and looking for what they said so we'll talk about that when we get to that part of the movie
0: perfect um my I like I the set design for this movie is bonkers and I love it and like one of the things that I I did really enjoy was all of those super close-ups of the newspaper clippings Mm -hmm. and how um I didn't do the research on this, but I had a, a deep suspicion that the the bylines on those, the, the authors of each of those um, newspaper clippings, I was pretty certain were like cast and crew members.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Because I did look up some of the names and I, I couldn't find anything. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun to kind of delve into.
0: <laughs> when you first saw the movie, what did you think of the ending?
1: I remember thinking it was crazy just how just how did this villain know that everything was going to fall into place this way Mm -hmm. I guess it didn't matter since the two were were tied up Um, but I just remember thinking that I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting the villain to be seemingly in the same sort of peril as everyone else right Mm -hmm. and that that I felt like that was kind of new for the time
0: yeah I agree I feel like it's it's like almost a cliche of the like it's like an inversion of the cliche of thinking that the the killer has been killed you know the like Jason has been like defeated but then he like rises up or Michael Myers like getting like struck down and you think he's dead and then he like comes out um, and like is still alive um, and yeah. so the, like an inversion of that because like you've got this dead body here on the floor totally unaccounted for just a part of the set for the most part like it's there's no discussion of the character or anything you you just kind of take it for granted and then the fact that that's the killer who's been kind of like this secret eye on the whole um scenario and like watching them and like kind of coming back to life and like being yeah a victim becoming you know the killer was I just like I couldn't get over it. I feel like I yeah. like for a week solid after I would just stop and I'd go like it was him the whole time <laughs> He was just in there with them. Every (sighs) mistake they made, every right move they made, he was just laying there, like, watching it. Yeah, I thought it was wild.
1: Yeah. And I think we're meant to assume that he has paralyzed himself, right? He has given himself something to keep him still? Or is he just a really good... (laughs) actor in as, as the is the character a really good actor
0: that's a, that's a really good point because um yeah you I feel like you either have to suspend all disbelief and like think that this guy is able to like not even like breathe in a funny way right for the what is it like eight hours no it's a it's ten to six so it's eight yeah it's mm-hmm. eight hours yeah, eight hours, um, that they're trapped in that room. They do mention at one point that like a paralytic agent has been used on another victim. I actually have never put that connection together, which is, is a really good point. Um, and funny considering, I think I've seen saw probably more than five times, maybe less than 10 times. Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) i've seen
1: it so many times and just doing this for this for the purpose of making this episode i caught so many things that i wasn't that i hadn't noticed before and i got curious about so many things that i hadn't thought of before so yeah i'm glad we're doing this
0: um Um, yeah we should jump into the plot we've talked for several minutes now um (laughs) just our our general feelings about this and so um I guess we should have led with a spoiler alert um, at the top. I guess that we can.
1: That's okay. We'll just put it on the website.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess if you're listening to this, just assume you're going to get spoiled on everything. You
1: know, it's been what, 15 years now. I think they've had enough time.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Statute of limitations is past, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. What happens? We this where does this start? It starts with them in the bathroom.
0: Yeah. So the opening scene is uh, actually the the writer of the movie. Yes. Lee Wanell, who he wrote the movie. He stars in it. He's he's the the photographer Adam. The opening shot is um, our character Adam, the photographer, um, opening his eyes um, underwater in a bathtub, and you see this this blue light. And in his, you know, startle, he trips the drain of the bathtub, and this blue light just washes down the drain. And that's that's where we're at. We're just dropped immediately into this super industrial, really really grungy. Bath, like bathroom situation, yeah. some kind of warehouse um, where these two guys are uh, chained at opposite ends of the room to various pipes uh, by their <laughs> feet.
1: Yeah, and I I love this room. It's so disgusting. There's just yellow shit all over the walls. I have no idea what this stuff is. What 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 room have we ever been in where that that they're just covered in yellow. Yeah, <laughs> yellow like crap everywhere.
0: Um, yeah, um, I I watched this movie with Mike, and like so I've got some like points in here that I'm gonna make that I will cre- credit to Mike. They're not my points. Um, <laughs> but he he asked. He was like, "Did Jig- did Jigsaw our you know our serial killer? Um, did he just?" Take a massive shit in this <laughs> toilet, and then <laughs> finger paint all over the room. Yeah. Like, because I don't know that he stumbled upon a bathroom that was like fittingly disgusting enough for this. Like, it's pretty. It's pretty gross. It's
1: terrible, and it reminded me of this abandoned house um, that I ventured into up in Aeneas Valley, Washington. Nobody's ever heard of it. Um, where my aunt lives, aunt and uncle lives, um, live. And this house was owned by a bunch of animal hoarders and the toilet was just full of shit. I don't know if it was human shit or dirt or animal shit or everything. Um, but that's what it reminded me of. And I thought he got so many props for reaching in there <laughs> at that one point oh. because, because I'm pretty sure I would have vomited, <laughs>
0: so i yes i would i wouldn't have done it it when so for people who haven't seen the, the movie in a long time or people who for whatever reason maybe you're our friends and you just like us and decided to listen to this very 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 specific podcast about about the saw movies so for for your edification um they're they're trapped in a room And the whole conceit of Saw and the entire very long Saw franchise is um, there is a criminal mastermind serial killer named Jigsaw who puts people into these puzzle traps and you either escape um, or you die. And more often than not, you die (laughs) because it's a horror movie and that's the way these things go. And so as they're stuck in this like horrible, disgusting bathroom, they're discovering clues um, that should ostensibly get them out of the trap that they're in. The The biggest trap that they're in in this room is that they're chained to um, to these pipes by their feet. Their feet are attached to these pipes by really super thick chains. Yeah. And a guy has to stick his hand into a shit filled toilet. Um, for no reason for no re- there's not even right. anything
1: nothing even comes of that
0: yeah it's it turns out it's in the tank
1: it's in the tank and they pull out a pair of saws they pull out saws so that they can supposedly saw through the the chain as we see them try I was yeah. wondering Kate what was the game plan if all the teeth were rubbed raw off that
0: yeah as they're this like <laughs> these these saws are not like going to Home Depot and buying saws. This is like going to your Salvation Army. Yes. Like buying a pair of $4 saws that like your uncle had (laughs) his grandfather from like 1940 that are like already rusted to shit and like are already falling apart. And these guys, they're like, these are the things that are going to cut through our like inch thick chains. And uh so they're wow, like these
1: are a- big chains. These are not little chains.
0: <laughs> no, no, they're horrible. And so they're like wearing down, they're wearing down the saw as they're like using it. And only like after is um Larry, the second guy who's in our room, um, Dr. Lawrence something something, I don't remember Warren. his name. Sorry, Gordon. Gordon. Doctor right. Gordon. Doctor Gordon. Larry Gordon. Um, Carrie Ellis, um, who had not been in anything major since Princess Bride, I don't think.
1: Well, um, Robin Hood, Men in Tights.
0: Have I seen that movie? I don't
1: know. I haven't either. Actually,
0: <laughs> has anyone seen that movie? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's when uh Dr. Gordon, um he's he's a doctor. So he's like, I know about the human body and this is a saw made for um cutting through a human body. Um it's not. Um but he he pretty much gets that that's the the gist of the the trap that they're in is that they're supposed to saw through their feet if they want to get out of the trap.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately it's not till the end of the movie when their time is about to run out gross I you know we also find out early in the scene why why are why is Carrie Elwes in this we we are you know Lawrence Gordon um we kind of get a sense that he's in there for being cold
0: (laughs) yeah we feel like um he is like the prototypical like doctor archetype he's you know um negligent to his wife and kid he's um only obsessed about his work maybe a little narcissistic um the whole deal with jigsaw um as they kind of go through this detective montage of jigsaw's previous victims these two guys aren't jigsaw's first victims that yeah, he selects his victims because...
1: Ooh, are we going to talk about the traps? I'm so excited to talk yeah. about the traps. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead. We're
0: going to talk about the traps, the whole boy- <laughs> the movies is the trap. Uh, um, I, I wouldn't say that we're necessarily here for the acting or this. Or- no. <laughs>
1: well,
0: acting is a little campy. It is. I was paying a lot more attention to it this time because I knew we were going to talk about it and they're... You know, Cariola's gets a little broad sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I remember the first time I saw this. So Jigsaw, you know, has a has a message to send, which I think is why it got compared to Seven so much. You know, he wants his victims to appreciate their lives. So he puts them into extreme peril where they're most likely going to die. And I remember watching it the first time thinking like, okay, I can see why he's picking... These people, or I, I get it, I get it. They they kind of deserve it, and yeah. Every time I rewatch it, he just becomes more and more petty to me. <laughs> when they do yeah. the flash, they do the flashback to him in the hospital, and it just seems like, okay, this is a doctor who's got a lot going on, and he just can't remember your name. So I guess yeah, it makes sense. Make him saw off his leg.
0: <laughs> yeah, <It's> so extreme. <laughs> I've never understood why Adam, the photographer, was a victim.
1: Right. He so, was helping
0: him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. The the only, like, if I'm being very generous, then I would say that Adam, as a character, is um, extremely nihilistic. He doesn't seem to care about anyone or anything and is just kind of, you know clocking in each day and not getting some type of value out of it it's very subjective though I feel like Jigsaw has like um a weirdly like he wants people to enjoy their lives type ethos but to make people do that he wants to make them either kill other people or kill themselves
1: (laughs) (laughs) or chop off a body
0: part chop off a body part yeah It's,
1: it's very extreme Tough love, a lot of tough love from Jigsaw.
0: Jigsaw is not messing around. He, right. so we have um, inter- interspersed with these scenes of these two guys finding various clues in the bathroom, and basically they're learning more about each other. They're learning more about the trap that they're they're in. Um, in between these scenes, we get scenes of the detectives on the case. And these detectives um, have not quite a montage, but a series of scenes where they realize that these guys are probably kidnapped by Jigsaw, a known serial killer, known criminal mastermind who has done um, this type of thing before. And they give us three three different um, victims.
1: Oh, is that it? Is that the trap count?
0: I think I think it's three. Okay. Pre- as of saw 1 um so sidebar here one of the best things about the saw movies is that every every subsequent saw movie that comes out establishes that there is like a new order to the number of victims yeah. like every saw movie is like oh you thought that there were only four victims up till now actually no. jigsaw had like 12 victims by this point so there's like as of saw 1, there I, th- I think that there were only 3 victims before Adam and Dr. Gordon. Right.
1: First victim that shows up after we learn about the original trap with uh, the chain chained legs is our wire what do we call this? It's it's our Oh
0: yeah, it's our barbed barbed wire maze.
1: Yes, barbed wire yeah. maze. That sounds good. And this is, I remember thinking, okay, I can see why they are saying this guy is killing himself, not Jigsaw.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I always felt like if this guy had just sat still, somebody would have found him. I always felt like maybe he should have just sat there and somebody would have eventually got to him rather than him cutting himself up to shreds before he dies. But yeah, I don't know. That's probably a controversial opinion.
0: <laughs> I, no, I I agree. I think that he probably could have stayed there. So the concept for this trap is that there is a a large man. There's a there's a big dude who's in a, <laughs> a tiny little.
1: Maze he's thing. like 500 pounds, you guys. He's he's, he's, he's a, very big.
0: <laughs> he's he's large and in charge, and he's in this like maze that is made of barbed wire. And he can only get through it by crawling on his hands and knees. Um, And he, like, what, desperately, like, crawls through (laughs) it and ends up just, like, slashing himself to death.
1: Yes. And they do that very cool Saw effect that uh, I saw called out in a drinking game for Saw, which is that, like, flashy MTV cut scenes of him just – going through hell trying to get out of this maze and and they they do cuts but they also speed up the film really fast and Mm -hmm. yeah play the music really loud and um and it's puke
0: green the whole time (laughs) like they have used like the most aggressive like yellow green filters on all of these like trap scenes that saying the word trap scene in like 2020 (laughs) is like a very different like like a trap scene in like 2004 but that's besides the point uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they find this guy and um it's a pretty low budget yeah trap you know like you just buy a ream of barbed wire and a cage type thing and you're pretty much set like i was pretty impressed with how i mean The movie itself, like Meta Note, was um, very cheaply done. It had about a million dollar budget. And so Jigsaw's traps are also pretty low budget. So they had to get pretty creative with how can they show people in situations where they're fighting for their lives um, while also being like as maximally brutal as possible. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think they do a throwback to this trap in the third movie third or fourth movie I forget which one um, where they show him figuring it out and it's sort of by accident um, mm-hmm. so that's really cool
0: it, it's funny because with the there's so many movies there are <laughs> I cannot emphasize how many movies there are in this series people talk about Fast and the Furious for having a lot of movies there are the same number of Saw movies as there are Fast and the Furious that's movies right. That's yeah cool. there there's a lot um and so there's a lot of traps and um they change directors james wan directs um this first one he doesn't direct any others.
1: Uh, side note fast fact <laughs> 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 um james wan also directed furious 7 speaking oh, of Captain furious
0: little tie-in yeah cool. james wan he's good he's directed a number of horror movies yeah yeah this was him this was his first directorial debut which i think is like a pretty strong showing
1: yes and, and him and lee right the uh adam yeah. the guy who plays adam he uh they the two of them also did dead silence so we should watch that too
0: oh yeah that'd be good back to the trap so the second trap i think was super juicy having um seen all of the other saw movies and knowing what's to come And this was the Amanda reverse bear trap.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Yeah, reverse. Yeah, reverse bear.
1: But really quick, I want to make sure. Did we miss the trap with the flame, the candle, the glass, the lock, and the password?
0: I thought that that came after Amanda. Okay.
1: Okay. We'll get back to that because that trap is nasty.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one, I, yeah, I have, I have some qualms with that one. So I'm going to let's
1: talk about the bear trap.
0: The bear trap one. So this is where Amanda is um, a heroin addict um, who doesn't appreciate her life. None of these people appreciate their lives. Um, They ruin it with drugs and being unhealthy and just Uh, not caring about their families. And uh, Amanda wakes up and she has this, Enormous contraption no. over her entire skull.
1: And she is strapped to a chair.
0: And, oh, that's right. And she's strapped no, to a chair. No. Oh, and a thing that we haven't talked about yet, um, which I'm very excited to talk about, is like one of the greatest tropes of the Saw movies, which is the pre recorded tapes of Jigsaw oh, right. explaining to his victims exactly why they're in that situation and what they're gonna have to do to get out of the situation and what will happen if they fail yeah <laughs> oh my God. i love it he's so clear and direct like you don't like he is diabolical but at least he's a good communicator i will say That's true
1: he is a good communicator he'd make a very good project
0: manager he's very organized and he's also very good with his timing yeah and
1: he's really good at delegating as we'll see in future movies
0: Yes. Uh, A little bit of foreshadowing with Amanda. So with Amanda, um, this, this device around her head is a time released reverse bear trap, where if the timer runs out before she can get this locked device off of her head, it's going to rip her skull apart um, at her jaw. <laughs> and how long does she have? 2 it's minutes. Like, one not minute? even. I think it's 1 minute.
1: <laughs> it's I think she has a 1 short amount of time. So, yeah, and she the so after the tape is released, after sorry, after the tape is finished, she's released from the chair, but when she gets up from the chair, it triggers the timer.
0: Yes. And the way that she gets out of this device is um, she has a cellmate um, who foreshadowing is told to her is dead um, and that a key is inside of his intestines that she has to cut out um, and use to unlock herself before she gets killed by this device. And then she frantically (laughs) starts like chopping into this guy um, and he's not dead.
1: No. No. Nope. No. And also, for some reason, he is just a victim. He has no chance to survive this trap. We don't know why he's in here. <laughs> what is his punishment?
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so here's a, a theory that Mike and I were talking about as okay. we were watching these, is that, um, and it, and I feel like it makes a lot of sense, um, is that there are two types of traps in the saw movies there are survivable traps and then there are um not survivable traps and um amanda's trap is survivable yeah um because her her, like for her yeah like she actually has the means to get out of her trap um her cellmate whatever he did his function in the trap was to die right and that's like Adam too. Like in the bathroom, right with um, Adam and Gordon, like Adam doesn't have a good reason to be there. He just doesn't really care about his life. He doesn't have um a goal of what he needs to do to get out of the trap. He is just there to be killed. Right. um or to get in the way of Dr. Gordon being able to finish his part of the trap. Right, because Dr. Gordon is even tasked with killing him. Yes, exactly. It's really not fair for
1: these guys.
0: Yeah, and so the the theory is is that the the traps that are survivable are traps that are being used as recruitment traps mm-hmm.
1: for future
0: henchmen. Okay.
1: That, that makes some sense, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so it's oh, not... That it's,
1: yeah, what?
0: Yeah, right? What? So either these people pass the test and are then proven to be, like, mentally capable of murdering someone else mm-hmm. for their own moral gain, and that immediately, like, endears them to Jigsaw's cause, um, or they fail and they die. Right. And so jigsaw gets exactly what he wants either way out of these types of traps
1: right right because i i was gonna pose a controversial opinion about this trap you know assuming that this theory isn't isn't correct right Mm -hmm. this trap to me never seemed i mean all the traps are terrible but this trap always seemed kind of easy to deal with i mean relatively because all of the other victims are doing something to themselves to survive, they're getting caught up, or they have to dig into their eye, or yeah. whatever they reach of fat and acid. It, it, it's it's always awful. But for her, it was about reaching into the body of some other person. Um, yeah, you, she takes I on never really
0: bodily damaged. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right and and I didn't get the sense that this person was somebody she cared about.
0: Yes, I think that um if you spoiler alert, think about like Saw 2 and that and future Saw movies where Amanda is um a really critical an- antagonist in those movies and is like a direct henchman of Jigsaw. Um that this is the the like key and foreshadowing for her to for her to just prove that she's willing to do whatever Mm -hmm. amanda's down for whatever she (laughs) is a broken drug addict who is willing to do whatever horrible things jigsaw tasks her with to do right yeah so that
1: that's probably why you're probably right that's a good theory i hadn't thought of that can I also just do a shout out for Shawnee Smith, um, who played Amanda. I I love her. She I know she's known for Becker, um, but I first saw her in The Stand, the nineteen ninety four TV series The Stand, and she played <laughs> Julie Laurie, and I just loved her. She was so perfect, um, yeah, and I I was so happy to see her in this movie.
0: Um, this series. movie
1: has a good cast. I I just love her.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's great. Uh, Monica Potter, who plays Dr. Gordon's wife. Right. Danny Jerry, Glover. Uh, Danny. Sorry, who? Oh, yeah, oh. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. No. Donald Glover. Da- Danny Glover. Da- yeah. Donald Glover's is Childish Gambino. Um, <laughs> my, my references are like, well, 10 years later. Than yeah, this
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's true. How familiar would you say you are with Danny Glover?
0: <laughs> um, I feel like he only plays detectives. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, predator too. <laughs>
0: um, I, I mean, I think he was in like a, lethal weapon. Um, yeah. Lethal weapon. Yeah. I feel like I see him in like cop roles. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my general feeling of his whole vibe. So Amanda's trapped. She's successful. She gets out of it. Um, she gets interviewed and they kind of use, use her as like another kind of, you know, pit stop on the road of telling us just how um evil jigsaw is and like the types of traps he's willing to set up right which then takes us to the third trap which i'll let you describe because that one's super gnarly
1: oh man this trap is terrible this is the worst trap in this movie i think um this man uh, it, i forget his name kate do you remember the character's name
0: i don't remember the character all right name. doesn't
1: matter <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's the brutal trap.
0: He's dead and gone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Covered in a flammable goo. And he is tasked with deciphering the password for the lock that will release him from the room in one way, shape, or form. And the entire room he's in is covered in numbers. It is totally covered with numbers with no rhyme or reason. And he has but a single candle to walk around the room. And find this number code. But that's not even the end of it. Not only is he naked and covered in goo and holding a candle, he has to walk around on
0: broken glass. <laughs> it just doesn't end. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's like insult upon <laughs> insult for this guy. <laughs> like,
1: and of did course, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't even remember because this trap is just so awful. It's just so, it's so unfair. Of course he's not going to survive it. He catches fire at some point because he trips or something and, and that's that. (laughs) He doesn't get out.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's (laughs) it for that guy. There's like, this is like one of those types of traps where it's just like torture porn. Oh yeah. Like Saw came out. Before the big, like hostile style style of horror movies yes. got really popular, where it was just like, let's see That's how much brutality audiences can stand. Yeah, and saw one like this trap is gnarly, like having to walk on glass, being covered in flammable liquid, like it's just like so. <laughs> it's also, yeah, it's just so,
1: so horrifying on. to think about.
0: Yeah. And this one, and this is a mild trap in comparison to like even stuff mm-hmm. that you see in Saw Two. Right. You know, like it just gets, it just ramps up. Like there's no, it's not even that it goes to eleven in right. Saw Two. It's like there is no limit no. to the like horribleness that they're willing to put these people through. Right. Uh, and yeah, and like it's not even like a major plot point, like what this guy did or what he was supposed to learn. Like he's one of it those characters. Matter. It's just here yeah. to die for our entertainment. Yep.
1: But it's a very gnarly trap for being low budget. It's it's really it's awful to look at. I hate this trap.
0: <laughs> it's like this trap I feel like it's really bad. I have a I have like this weird like hard time emotionally resonating to it or being like too horrified by it because I think that there's part of my brain that just turns off when I'm like, oh well, this is impossible. Like, there's, there's no, like, pathos for me to, like, connect to. Right. Of, oh, there's not even a hope for him to solve this. Like,
1: if it was me, I always felt like watching this movie. If it was me, I would just sit there and wait.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: oh, I don't yeah. know what else I could possibly do.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I would. I don't talk, want to burn alive. say the same thing that I would, like, just sit and wait and, like, hopefully someone would come and save me. But I also know how I behave when like I have to leave to go to the airport and how like fucking frantically I'm running around my house to like do stuff. And that's like just me in a normal situation. Like that's not even me in like a horror movie trap situation. No. So I would probably flail around on the broken glass and light myself <laughs> <on> fire <laughs> within like 10 <laughs> seconds. How long? How long would it take
1: for us to get bored?
0: <laughs> or I know or hungry I know, like, I haven't thought about this too much, but, like, as you're sitting there, like, is it possible for him to, like, use the side of his hand to, like, nudge some glass out of the way? Right. Like, step little by little, but, I mean... I don't think they said this, but he's probably on a time frame also. Like well, probably, the you know, candle's
1: very small. small. Oh, that's right, the candle. Yeah, small. I guess that's his time frame and that's what he's up against. Yeah. And, you know, I do try to remember that when I'm under pressure, I don't do very well. So that's probably what's happening to these people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, these are just normal people who, like, barely file their taxes on time being asked to, like, walk around a room with the tiniest candle in the world. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so unfair. Um, We have not yet talked about the time, uh, sorry, not the timeline, but the plot line involving uh, Carrie Elwes' wife with uh, this yeah. Monica, Monica Potter is playing his wife,
0: yeah.
1: um, and their daughter. At the same time that Carrie, and it's funny because I'm using Carrie, it's Lawrence, Gordon, and Adam. Um, They're chained up in that nasty bathroom. Lawrence, Gordon's wife and daughter have been kidnapped within their own home um, for some reason. (laughs) And, yeah, I have some comments on that. I have some opinions on that. Yeah,
0: Let's lay them out. Let's let's yeah. run
1: through. Him. Well, they, you know they're kidnapped. They're they're stuck at home, and then at some point they call in to to Lawrence to tell him that they are being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this this sort of this sort of yeah goes out into the the larger plot, which is um, Lawrence Gordon is being attacked because he is a apparently a jerk because he doesn't know Jigsaw's real name um, on command. And uh, one of the orderlies or nurses or whoever they are comes in and tells him, hey, his name is John. And for some reason, this man, this man who stuck his neck out for for Jigsaw when he was a patient of, of Dr. Gordon's, gets pulled into this trap and is now responsible for kidnapping Lawrence Gordon's wife and daughter
0: yeah this guy I mean was he not respecting his life right does it fit into Jigsaw's moral code we don't it's know very questionable very questionable poor Zep this yeah the orderly's yeah, name is right, Zep. Zep. He's like he's played by one of those character actors that you see in like mmm Tons of movies, right? Like
1: was he an X-Men? Is this Ray Park?
0: Probably. I he mean he's like probably in like tons of movies.
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna look it up while you talk.
0: Yeah, so Zepp, okay, so I misspoke earlier. I said that we had three victims before Adam and Dr. Gordon. We technically have a fourth here because right. Zepp is a victim. Um really? he's, not, he's not in a trap, but he has been told by Jigsaw that there's a slow-acting poison in his veins and must kidnap um, Dr. Gordon's wife and daughter and kill them if Dr. Gordon doesn't kill Adam by the time the timer in the bathroom runs out. Right. And uh, there is uh, very scant background information on Zep. It makes no sense. I don't think in any of the future movies that they flush that character out anymore so yeah i think he's just one of those you know characters by the wayside who is just caught up in all these schemes who gets killed so that other people can either become one of jigsaw's henchmen or contribute in some way to someone else dying
1: I, i i've been trying to think of yeah a reason for him um having to go through that for a while and I think that you hit the nail on the head that this is he's being tested to be a henchman
0: yeah and he, he I mean this is skipping ahead to the end a little bit um <laughs> he does he does fail so he he does not um successfully keep the the wife and daughter um kidnapped he doesn't kill them he uh makes his way to the warehouse um, so that he can try and kill Adam and Dr. Gordon before the detectives um, are able to get down there. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a a fun little, like, fake-out scene at the end where Dr. Gordon uh, shoots Adam, right. which was his directive, and um, Adam is shot on the ground. Um, Zepp comes in um, to try and, you know, kill Dr. Gordon because he didn't do his task on time and uh adam beats him to death with the lid of the tank (laughs) of the toilet (laughs) also i wanted
1: to call this out this is something for for me to track while we watch these movies um is this the only time we see somebody coming in to clean up the end of a trap as part of the plot I know sometimes we see Amanda, like they'll, they'll create a flashback for Amanda where she comes back and is setting something up or picking something up or, you know, helping out. but this time it actually matters for the plot.
0: I think you're right. I think it's one of the only times where we see someone having to come in and like, yeah, you're right. Clean up, clean up after like yeah. it didn't go how it was supposed to go. So he's coming in to kill whoever's left right so i would say that this one is probably the messiest of the traps that jigsaw has set (laughs) because it doesn't (laughs) go to plan (laughs) right yeah i feel like we kind of hit some of the the major plot items oh Um,
1: and just a side note the guy's name is michael emerson not ray park he just kind of looks like ray park a little bit
0: do you think that Tobin Bell um, ever expected that his career as an actor oh my gosh. would like be primarily oriented around playing Jigsaw in nine different movies?
1: I mean, no, <laughs>
0: This <laughs>
1: no, I, I mean, this movie was so low budget, right? It was just so, it got picked up at Sundance. It was so under the radar at first. I can't imagine anyone thought, I don't know who knows, they, but, um, no I can't imagine they thought there would be this big of a following who who, whoever knows that does anyone in Hollywood ever know that I don't know
0: I don't know I mean I feel like yeah. when, they, when they sign actors to Marvel movies now well yeah you're pretty, you're pretty much committed to a six movie contract oh, but man. yeah I don't think that that was a thing I think no. that like I feel like really the, the like defining characteristic of like movies in the two thousands is this like extreme tolerance of um, multi-sequel franchises. Hmm, Yeah. I think that what happened in previous generations was you would get some remakes or you would get like a kind of copycat type movies. Mm -hmm. It's like very similar. Mm So you have like a, you know, a thing type movie Um, And then something like really similar to it coming out like a year later because it did so well. But now if you made the thing, you would have like seven thing movies.
1: (laughs) Right. So where'd we leave off? Monica and her kid are stuck at home with this creepy Zed, Zep, for some reason, who hasn't really done anything as far as we know.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And man, this kid crying like, really annoying. I, so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. I, you know, I was like, read the room, child. <laughs> like, your mom is trying to help you. Maybe don't scream out, mommy, as soon as she takes your gag out of your mouth. Oh my like, goodness. We know she's right there. <laughs> Stop.
1: She just kept
0: crying. It was so gross. I know. If I have kids, I'm going to teach them from a young age that if we're ever kidnapped together, um, that they can just assume that I'm doing everything I can to help them. (laughs) They don't need to cry for help. Like, (laughs) like, keep your fucking mouth shut. Like, I am working on it. (laughs) You just
1: got to show them this movie and be like, this is what not to do, kid. Keep your mouth shut.
0: Yeah, I I found that deeply annoying also. That was maybe one of my least favorite parts of the movie
1: is this storyline even necessary?
0: I don't think it is. I feel like it was trying to give some emotional resonance to this guy that like he felt like he had something to fight for. But I feel like we as audiences are savvy enough to just feel like people don't deserve to be tortured to death. And that's enough. That's enough. Like you don't need to also have a family to care about. It's so unfair. He's chained to a pipe.
1: He's got a rusty saw to get free. He doesn't know where he is. And on top of that, they have to throw in his kidnapped family? It's a lot. It's too much for this man. (laughs) I don't know how he does it. But I totally understand why he breaks and becomes a henchman.
0: (laughs) Because this is too much. Yeah, even before that, like, you see, like, this is what makes him mentally break yeah. and saw off his foot. Like, <laughs> the reason why he's, like, I think he would have been okay, maybe, with just dying. Um, And then when he realized that his wife and kid were actually not going to get out of it, um, unless he did something, like, that's when he takes that, like, old ass saw and, like, and... <laughs> As the title of the movie says, (laughs) uses the saw. (laughs) Like, that's the whole reason why we're here. Um, And uh, cuts his sweat off. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the movie is (laughs) I I can't stop laughing just thinking about it um, the makeup job. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's so
1: strange.
0: After. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so bad, but it's so good. Um, He's the makeup job, that make, it's it's ghastly <laughs> like, it's that's the only word I can use to describe it. Is after he, he lost so off, much blood, he like there's blood everywhere, and they paint his face in like this white, white, white foundation, and, and like one bruise one is like red, on or whatever it is. <laughs> He looks, he looks like a corpse, like, and his, like, mouth is, like, they also did white on his mouth. Yeah. And his dry mouth as he's, like, Adam, Adam, stay alive. I'm going to go get help. And he's, he's, like, dragging, as he's dragging his body, like, down the hallway with his, his, like, limp leg dragging behind him.
1: You know, you can really hear his um accent break right there, I felt like.
0: You can. Yes.
1: It breaks his his American isn't very good, I think. But that's okay. It's just Saw. But yeah. (laughs) He's a mess. He is a mess. You know, and you know, I think in Saw 5, when they have to each give up, what is it, four pints of blood, five pints of blood, they don't even look that bad. He
0: looks terrible he looks, um, harrowing. Like yeah. it's like, I did, I, I'm laughing. Cause like <laughs> when you see it, you're just like, yeah. no person looks like this and survives. Like it's, that's it's exactly it's, what I thought. What like the wildest makeup job, like ever on a person. Yeah. That's why I, when
1: he, when he comes back as a henchman, I'm thinking, how did that man survive anything? How did he even crawl out of that room without an infection? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I do love his makeup.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs>
1: um, so I wanted to get back to these timelines in the movie. There's two timelines going on, right? Yes. We have uh, Danny Glover trying to track down Jigsaw Um after all of his friends are killed right we haven't gotten to that yet but the 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 timeline we've been following uh this whole time is danny glover chasing jigsaw before carrie is kidnapped Mm -hmm. and carrie serves as a witness is that
0: yep that's right. okay yeah um timelines are a thing well beloved by the saw franchise yes Um, there's uh, there are flashbacks in this one. Um, we don't. We don't get any flashbacks within a flashback. Um, that comes later. Not yet. Not um, yet. This this movie already has enough plot going on for it. They know that they don't try to mess with that. But um, but yeah. So the the first timeline that we're, we're tracking is um, the before before bathroom time um, where. Um, they suspect that Dr. Gordon um might have something to do with um ooh some crime. What it, like they think that he had something potentially to do with Amanda, right? I, I think so. They, they make him watch they make him watch Amanda's like um right. Yeah. I, I wow.
1: I think I think this comes up later, where Amanda was a patient of his, right, or a patient right. or at the hospital, something like that,
0: Yes, and we'll get um, there. yeah yeah, <laughs> he was not account- and um the reason why Dr. Gordon was a suspect was because he was not accounted for. He had said that he was at the hospital, oh, that that's, right. The hospital. that's right he didn't have Thank an you. alibi. Um and yes. um, of course, like he is he's having an affair. It's right. you know, pretty pretty standard stuff.
1: Oh, so now he deserves to have his his foot sawed off. Kidding. He didn't he appreciate
0: doesn't. the beautiful family he had when he had it.
1: Because that's a um, normal punishment for someone who cheats. <laughs> I
0: know, right? Like, like know. Jigsaw, Jigsaw's like moral compass is so like um, like murder and like torture and dismemberment and yeah. psychological trauma. Totally fine and worth it. Like totally, like always, <laughs> always justified. I know, always. and yeah. you you really can call
1: his morality into uh question because at at a later point in the show he's. Is- um he's being pursued by Danny Glover and the other cop I can't remember his name um but it's 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 a very diverse police force it's Danny Glover and this asian cop um and they're chasing him and he turns around and slashes Danny Glover in the neck and then and then the uh the other cop gets gets uh tripped up in a in a tripwire right yes. so he, yeah. these are like you know, these are, these aren't fair. These don't really have a chance of surviving. I guess the only way to survive those are being more aware, but, um, they aren't, they're totally different, normal, like home alone type traps that you'd expect from a criminal, (laughs) not from somebody with a moral compass.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, this reminds me is that when those two detectives, um, are trying to find Jigsaw's whereabouts, they stumble upon a fifth person in a trap. Right. So there are five. <laughs> this victim <laughs> count is up to five before we even get to Gordon and Adam. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. I'm just like we're just accruing victims. As there are so
1: many traps, up.
0: so many. And then Danny Glover goes through um, this downward spiral. Um, yeah. Pun partially intended the newest song movie coming out is called Spiral. Yes. Um so that's a whole thing. But he descends into full on conspiracy theory newspaper clipping right. on the side of his wall with yarn kind of stuff. And he is uh trying to figure out who actually did it. And he up until basically the end of the movie still suspects Gordon being involved. He does. He does. He he like almost lets Gordon's wife and daughter um, get murdered. Like he sees that Zepp, a total stranger, um, is in their house with them, yep. and does nothing. He's just like, oh, Gordon's up to something in there with <laughs> this strange man I've never seen before. Hey, Adam.
1: <laughs> hey, I have to talk to you about these headlines that are in this scene. Yes, Um, Yes, so I, you know, I love this stuff. I love uh, the props that they used to set this scene up. It's all newspaper articles that he has clipped and pasted all over that wall. Um, And it's a big wall, so it's a lot of articles. So you you have to imagine this has been going on for a while. Um, Even though so far we only know that there's like three or four traps, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, I I wanted to pause it and check out what some of the headlines were. So this is at 4213, if anybody wants to check this out. The one headline that stands out the most is escape.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, I wish that I could be the writer of these newspaper articles for set designs. If anyone is hiring, I'm very available. Please hire Kate. She's very funny. Mm -hmm.
1: Very great. Jigsaw Hunt brings DA before Judge. Missing man discovered at murder scene. These are all very... These are in line with what's going on in the show. Okay, but at 42.17, the headline says, Missing man discovered at bizarre murder scene. But the story that's written there doesn't have anything to do with the headline. And I, and I did a quick Google search and didn't find this anywhere except for like a, a trivia facts page about this movie. A 14 year old boy playing with goofy clay, a popular children's toy for half a century caused an explosion that blew the room off his family's trailer, something, something killing him instantly, something, something local police. And that, that was what I could make out. Um, so it has nothing to do with the headline. Has nothing to do with Jigsaw. I don't know who wrote it or or where they got it from. Uh, then there's another article at forty two twenty three. Psychopath teaches sick life lessons. This is by Chuck Nesmith, and it uses that same text. It uses the exact same text from the other article.
0: I wonder. I wonder if they just yeah their version of like a lorem ipsum it and right. they're like the point here is the the headline yes. we did not catch that
1: yeah but it is really fun to kind of catch when uh you're spending way too much time watching this movie <laughs> so then there's another headline at forty two thirty. victim survives maniacs games and this story has to do with being tracked by police while you're driving nothing to do with that headline <laughs> um And then at 4237, Doctor questioned in Jigsaw case. And this story starts out being about Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey. So totally all over the place with these stories. Um, Also, the locations all start with a V. So one story takes place in Virginia, the other in Las Vegas, and the third in Valencia. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs)
0: Oh my gosh, you need your own, like, yarn wall to, like, connect these <laughs> things together. <laughs> that Charlie Day meme, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyways, I just wanted to call that out because it was kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun to see the props. Oh, that's
0: so funny. Oh,
1: that. second call out. At 42.47 is this amazing car scene transition. Do you remember it?
0: Um, I don't. Remind oh. me of it.
1: It's I don't remember what's happening. Uh, I think it's right after this scene where all these newspapers are posted on the wall. But then a car drives by and it's it's like they photoshopped out the background and you see the car. The car is actually the swipe. The
0: car oh, swipe. yes.
1: Yeah, on the screen. For some reason, that's what they went with.
0: That's the only time you see anything like that. The, ca- the car scenes in general. <laughs> wild like they're not even trying to make them look like they're actually driving anywhere because it's that quick, <laughs> that MTV cut and like super fast edited um, of like Zepp trying to get to the warehouse um, where the guys are and the detective chasing them. It's yes. like a, it's a chase scene on zero dollars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they couldn't afford to actually shut down any roads to film the scene. So they just filmed it. In a studio lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh, a couple of things that we haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. are the use of um, masks and dolls, um, which are big themes in the song. Yeah, movie.
1: Billy the Puppet.
0: Yeah, the Puppet. Um, very classic with that kind of like mechanical doll laugh. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. And then the pig mask. Yeah. 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 um, Jigsaw's really into arts and crafts. Um, (laughs) Like us. He must go to his local Hobby Lobby in Michaels and Home Depot quite frequently for the number of tools and barbed wire and paper mache (laughs) dolls he's making. (laughs) But yeah, he's got this whole arsenal of like maps and dolls and um, tools to try and creep people out and um, it's so funny to have this character who's like so rooted in like being judge, jury, and executioner, and then thinking of this guy also having to sit down and like craft a mask. Right, it's just so funny.
1: Right, and he has a whole workshop that we see in a later film. Yeah,
0: he has a workbench.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this guy was able to come up with all this stuff. He knows how to do everything.
0: Even in this first one, he's already. A bigger than life character like yeah. he he's they try to set him up as like he's just this guy who is able to you know um be a criminal genius like I think that the the like late 90s early 2000s was really into the like psychological thriller criminal genius type genre of serial mm-hmm. killers and like someone who is always two steps ahead of everyone else um that kind of like anti-hero slash like brilliant antagonist. And Jigsaw's already there in this first movie. Yeah. He's got an entire workshop. He's already done so many um, traps. He knows how to get henchmen. He does arts and crafts in his free time. Like who has the time? Who has the time to do this? Only Jigsaw. (laughs) Speaking of arts
1: and crafts, because we do actually see this in the movie – I really want to do this with you at some point after this whole coronavirus thing is over. Um, he has this really, he has like this really macabre diorama of his traps um, yes. once in a while, right? In his movies. I want to do this. I want to make the traps in diorama form.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So this is like a, a fun little tie-in to another horror movie that I really love, which is hereditary with Uh their miniatures. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I love, I love a good miniature. I love a (laughs) miniature in a horror movie. I love the thought of jigsaw, like sitting down and like, painting with yes. his delicate little paintbrush and having to like drive to the store and buy like his little acrylic paint so that he can paint the shit on the toilet like on his waiting in that life. long
1: horrible michael's line that always <laughs> exists
0: and he has to debate whether or not he's gonna buy a diet coke because he's been waiting in line for so long and he's right next to the mini fridge
1: and he also has to debate if he's gonna include the cashier in his next trap or not <laughs>
0: He's like I have to. He's like I have to start recruiting people who can take on some of these chores. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he finds it relaxing.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: It's this level of detail that, like, I don't know, really makes Jigsaw stand out. Though. Oh, I just yeah. He's not a sla- he's not just a slasher. No, and and he's, he's also one of those, he's one of those um horror movie villains who he himself doesn't actually kill anyone. It's always either a henchman killing someone, um, his victims killing each other or killing themselves. Yeah. Like he's very like Charles Manson about the whole thing. All right.
1: Did we ever talk about what that trap was with the, uh, the guy that the, that Danny Glover and <laughs> I haven't looked up his name yet. The other police officer. The- oh,
0: uh, Steven Singh.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: yep. Um, Apologies, Steven. Um, that's the character's name. The actor's name is Ken Long. Oh
1: God. Apologies, Ken. Ken. Um, I'm so sorry. I will make it up (laughs) to you. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll edit it out. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll fix it. Um, (laughs) they stumble upon this, this test trap, right? He's a test subject and he's, he's trapped to a chair and he's got drills on the side of his head that are you know moving inward um meanwhile the police officers the detectives are trying to figure out how to make it stop while also deciding if they'd rather chase jigsaw um and we don't know what happens to this guy (laughs) he just gets there what uh one of them shoots the trap right and makes it stop
0: yeah um yeah danny glover is um he gets his throat slashed by Jigsaw, mm-hmm. and um, the other detective um, shoots at the trap to break it, and then chases after Jigsaw. Right, yeah.
1: And 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 we don't see what ha- if this guy ever gets out. I, you know, the first thing I think of when I'm trapped, when somebody is trapped somewhere, is what if they have to pee?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do they just wet their pants? They, they're, they're, they're wetting. Their pants, oh man. my god! I mean, if you woke up, okay. If you woke up and you were chained to a chair and you had a blindfold on and it felt like there were drills pressed against either side oh, of your neck, goodness. you would probably pee immediately. Like you yes. would be like, I'm going to hold this and see if I can get out of this.
1: Yeah, no. Minute, I, like, oh, you would just I, pee immediately. I would have no qualms about peeing my pants in a situation like this. Yeah but yeah we we don't we don't find out what really happens to him or why he's even there it seems like he's just a test subject so apparently his life doesn't even matter to jigsaw <laughs> um unless he did something bad like you know mail a bill in on you know late or something who knows
0: in this first movie <laughs> no one actually who's in any of these traps actually really does anything that morally wrong like i mean normal things like like gordon like gordon like having an affair that's bad like but the other people just like not appreciating their life right very broad very broad it is it's not it's not like he's targeting um murderers or people who sexually assault. He's not even targeting like people who are racist right. or people who are just like generally assholes. It's it's a very weird target demographic. And I would argue very hard to quantify. It given that Jigsaw is an old man dying of cancer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. It it really makes
1: very little sense the more and I think about it. But I, I still love it.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's entered for me definitely into a realm of nostalgia. Yeah. Like I, I love it because I loved it when I was younger. I've seen it so many times that it's very familiar. Mm -hmm. The beats are super familiar. I'm like, you know, able to get into the rhythm of the movie very easily. When I see certain scenes, I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, like this thing happens. Um, I don't really get scared in horror movies, but um, it's fun for me to remember like when I watched this in the movie theater so many years ago that I thought that the scene where Adam actually gets kidnapped by by Jigsaw, um, where he's walking around his dark apartment and Mm -hmm. using the flash of his camera and gets attacked... Um, I thought that that was really scary, and yeah. so i have a, I have a fun time when I rewatch that movie to just watch that scene, yeah, and remember being scared, that, like remember, like scary. oh, this was so scary when I was a kid. That's a fun feeling,
1: right? I yeah, the suspense scenes in this movie I think are more frightening in a way than the traps. The traps are just
0: ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, body horror. very yeah, yeah it's, it's physical. Like you don't want to have to, you don't want to picture yourself in that situation. And then there are like a couple of scenes where it's like an actual thriller type movie where your like heart is beating and you're like nervous about what's going to happen next.
1: Right. Well, I had another call out to make that I wanted to track throughout the, the remainder of the series. And that is the stateless license plate. This is um something that I caught while they were in the parking lot. Um and I I think it was when uh Adam was being kidnapped. Either Adam or Gordon, one of them, sorry, was being kidnapped in, in the parking lot. I think it was Gordon.
0: That's Gordon. Um and I'm going to I'm going to let you say your thing and then I've got some things to say about this part. Oh road. yeah,
1: no worries. I just I noticed that I was trying to look at the license plates to see where this was taking place and notice that there was nothing on the license plate. All the license plates in frame were totally blanked didn't give a state or anything like that. Um, so I think that's interesting and I'm kind of interested in seeing if they follow that in the rest of the series because I haven't paid attention to it before.
0: Yeah, I, I did not notice that, so I'll have to pay attention to it when we watch Saw 2. I loved the parking lot scene because Gordon is walking out into this parking garage and um, it is unlike any parking garage that exists in our reality. Um, (laughs) It looks like you look at the ceiling of the parking garage. um, It's like they're in a barn. Like the the roof (laughs) of the parking garage is um, like a wood, wood paneled roof that looks super old and then all of the cars are backed into their spots every single car is backed into their spot it was just like just uncanny enough to be like mm-hmm. what parking garage in real life is this actually like so I thought that that was that yeah. was good that was my that was my one thing to note about the parking that
1: should call out
0: you have to go back at some point and just like just look at the roof of the
1: parking yeah garage.
0: it's super goofy <laughs>
1: I also got a, uh, a time timestamp for when we see the hands of the person in the pig costume.
0: Mm-hmm. This is at
1: one ten twenty six, 26 And this is when Gordon is being kidnapped, I believe. It's either Gordon or Adam. Maybe it is Adam. Anyways, I was trying to look at the hands on the pig. Because you you know in future episodes we get a flashback showing us that amanda has been in on this during some of these traps and i wanted to see if you could tell this is adam being kidnapped i wanted to see if you could tell um that it was amanda or not um Mm -hmm. i wanted to catch the only part of the body you can see is the hands you can't really see much else aside from the frame um but this person is, you know, wearing a pig mask, and so I froze it, and you really can't tell whose hands they are. Um, I'm, I'm curious if anybody else has has dug into this and really studied the, the aging on the hands. <laughs> but I think they did a pretty decent job of making it ambival- or sorry um, ambiguous enough for it to be anybody who could be kidnapping him.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I like how. Every movie introduces new henchmen or tells you that a person from a previous movie who was a victim is now a henchman. Um, and so the the masks act as a nice way to be able to obscure who's actually carrying out the act. And so in Saw One, you might think that Zepp, our known henchman, is doing all of these things, but that you know, in later movies they've got Amanda is actually a henchman and then mm-hmm. you know, much further down the line you do learn that Dr Dr. Gordon is a is a pretty major antagonist right? Um, in the later movies. So it's like it's a fun Easter egg like once you've seen the full series to be able to go back and yeah. you know, watch it and figure out who's who's actually carrying out what.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is I think the first time I've actually put that much thought into it. <laughs> For the purposes of our amazing podcast.
0: Yeah, no, this is good. I love the deep dive.
1: (laughs) I think now we're getting to the end of the movie. So we are now at the penultimate moment with Jigsaw laying on the ground and Mm -hmm. our heroes realizing what they have to do to escape. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Gordon realizes that he has to escape to save his family because he's been getting these horrible phone calls from his family in peril to stress him out beyond where he already is. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Note to our audience, if you get kidnapped, just maybe don't scream. Maybe say that you're okay and that also you... I mean, it's obvious that you need help, but, like, I don't know. Some new information would probably be good. Some actionable information is probably good for probably. the other person. Yeah.
1: But we do get to finally see the original trap in all of its glory, which is uh, Gordon sawing through his own foot
0: to escape. And saw he does. He does. He frantically, frantically with this oh, dull, dull saw you don't actually see it though, which I do appreciate. I think that whatever low budget Mm -hmm. prosthetic they would have had to do, or God forbid, 2004 CGI would have happened. (laughs) Like James Bond did the right, he did the right thing and he cut away. So you do not actually see him cutting through his foot. You just get, Adam, Adam screaming, yes. as it's happening, which I and think that, is like very effective.
1: That very iconic MTV flash around, like movie effect, where yeah. you the cutscene, cutscene, cut, and and before you finish looking at one cutscene, you see the next, just to demonstrate the stress in the room, but not actually have to show you what's happening. And I think, yeah, I, I, um. I think that's why these movies are so tolerable. Um, I did watch Hostel after this came out because I loved Saw um, and I watched Hostel and I was disgusted by it. I had a really hard time sitting through that movie. Um, It it felt really real and they showed a lot and it just seemed so horrific compared to Saw somehow, even though Saw has all of these insane traps. um, I think this effect kind of helps pull you out of that a little bit
0: i i agree um i think that that there's some really smart editing choices in this movie there's a lot of smart direction in this movie i think it's it's very of its time when the sure. editing style is the choices um but it it makes the movie feel very specific yeah. you know it, like you watch it and you watch future song movies and like even the ones that have come out in more recent years um, still use some yes. of the same techniques, um, and I think it makes for a more effective horror movie series.
1: Yeah, I do too. It's fun. It's it's gross, and it's and it's and it's really cool to see what traps they come up with and how they execute them. Um, but it's not a. It's it's not really that hard to watch. It's not that hard to to see. It's it's and it's also very over the top. It is. These are they, things I, that just couldn't happen. Um <laughs> and so it's kind of fun to just enjoy the traps for what they are. Like, oh how did they think of that? <laughs> how did they come up with that?
0: I think after after he saws off his foot, um he gets that ghoulish makeup. <laughs> um and he uh Dr. Gordon crawls out into a dark hallway, never to be seen again. Um, you don't see Dr. Gordon again in this movie. No. What you do see at the very end is Adam crying uh, still changed, <laughs> screaming still chained to where he is, screaming. And the body that has been in the, in the middle of the room with them this whole time, which we're going to have to go back and edit the beginning of this podcast <laughs> to remind people that there's a body <laughs> in this room with them. That's with right. Them, stands up. It stands up. Like it's hard to like over like overstate how <sighs> this crazy the scene is where this body that you think is just there the whole time stands up and reveals himself to be Jigsaw the, John Kramer the guy it He's was the guy. Zep
1: this whole time we've been thinking oh this is Zep doing something weird maybe you know there's some other dude involved later in the film because that's when he brings up that he has some rules but it still feels like the whole time you're watching this movie you think it's Zep until he gets up until Jigsaw gets up then you know for sure this is him this is the guy that did this.
0: And then you get this this really super super quick um montage cutscene <laughs> of all of the times that um Jigsaw was actually, you know, orchestrating things. It shows the scenes of Dr. Gordon with Jigsaw. It shows Jigsaw uh recruiting Zepp, you know, setting up traps. Um yeah. it shows Jigsaw. Yeah, it's just I, I don't love the montage. The no, montage is like low point for me because it just, it overexplains. It does. It, yeah.
1: It does.
0: It, I think it 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 really assumes that the audience isn't smart enough to to get it, which might be fair because I think horror movies aren't really rewatched um, as often as maybe um, people like Megan and I rewatch horror movies. <laughs> but for someone who's seen this movie like seven or eight times, like we have um having this like montage that's that explains literally like everything is a little like it's a little much it's like our own little
1: saw trap Kate
0: (laughs) (laughs) we just have to grin and bear it And the 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 one gut punch, the gut punch in the montage that makes the montage worth it, is that you learn that the the first thing we see at the very beginning of the movie, that blue light in the bathtub, yes, um, that goes down the drain, was the key that would have freed them from their chains. So then the movie the movie ends with Jigsaw turning out the lights and slamming the door. On Adam. Yeah. And that's it. That's credits.
1: Adam is doomed. Poor Adam.
0: I know. I think that I've always assumed that Adam was left there. Yeah. To just eventually starve to death. Right. That's Um, so horrific. He is left in there. This is gross. He's left in there with a body. Yeah. So he might... Last a little longer than he would want to. This is true. But yeah. Wait. He doesn't have that option.
1: He doesn't have a body. He has a foot.
0: No, no, no. Remember, um Zep is in there because he killed Zep. Oh, that's the right. Toilet.
1: We just lost Zep. That's right.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, he just killed Zep. So it's him, a foot, and Zep. Oh, <laughs> in and room. then
1: that bathtub, if there's anything, or the toilet tank, maybe. Oof, I guess he he
0: some water. I think that there is water in the toilet tank, but
1: what a horrible fate. Well, Yeah. I was going to say after watching this, you know, what a terrible actor he was. Um, but then I looked up that he was actually the writer. So he's he's not uh, he's one of the creators. So he's not an actor. So I gave him that much credit. And then I watched Saw 0.5 which was the version of the short film version of this movie um, that got the creator some traction on it. And boy, he was way worse than that one. So I'm giving him a lot of cred for his improvement in his acting for this film.
0: I agree. Um, (laughs) I'm glad that I watched the short film before we recorded this. It was um, it was a good primer mm-hmm. for it to know like what the core idea of the film was going to be, which was the detective interview was in there, um, the uh, reverse bear mm-hmm. trap was in there, um, the concept of an orderly
1: mm-hmm.
0: being potentially recruited and is now grateful for their life and for the experience that they went through. All of those beats are hit in one like nine and a half minute short film. Yeah. So it was it was good to see like that those are the themes that the writer really wanted to hit and does hit in the longer version.
1: You you can see where they pulled all the threads from. Yeah. Um but I I thought that uh side note and then we can wrap this up, but um I thought that the story the way it was done in the short film, you really felt a lot more for the person in the bear trap. Um, She seemed, or sorry, he, in this case, seemed more attached to the person in the room than I thought it felt in this movie. I felt like they gave more emotional weight to the body in the room than they did in the movie.
0: I, I think in the long version with Amanda, she it seems more horrified that she's about to die than she does about killing the person in the room with her. Right.
1: Right. And I think that's why I always thought that her trap seemed so much easier. Um, But when I saw this, the short film, I thought, okay, I can see this, this trap having more weight because it seems to be somebody he knows and cares about.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Well, that's saw, isn't it? did we do <laughs> it? It. we did that it. It. <laughs> yes
0: yeah saw is near and dear to to me to to us I feel like it's a really important part of our friendship <laughs> I would recommend that that people watch saw if you haven't already I think it's a really important piece of horror media from con- you know from contemporary film um I think a lot of movies have been inspired by it. I think that it was inspired by a lot of other movies. You can really see where it wears its influences on its sleeve. It's a wild ride. And if you like the first movie, there are eight other movies already available for you to watch. And a new movie coming out sometime this year, if movie theaters ever open again, um, starring Chris Rock, (laughs) which What? Who knew that Chris Rock was going to be in a song movie one day?
1: Okay, I, who do I recommend this movie to? I mean, I was going to say nobody because, you know, (laughs) it, you're right. It is one of those movies that, that is, feels like it's of its time. Um, So I can see why parts of it may not carry over well. But if you can look and watch this movie with a nostalgic streak in you, um, I recommend it to anyone who wants to see a cool low budget horror movie it's really fun to see all the sets I think the sets in this movie must have been so fun to put together and design um, and go prop hunting for Um, so it seems like a really fun movie for that and it's also it was also a really really unique idea for its time so go into it with an open mind. Uh, have fun with it. The the traps are really kind of fun to think about. Um, if you, if you step back and think about it, not from a serial killer's mind, but from the mind of someone who gets to come up with mazes, maybe. I, I just think this is a fun movie and it's gross and some parts are kind of corny, but overall it's a really great fun horror movie to watch with a friend. So there you go.
0: So in summary, um, if you like friendship, yes, puzzles in the early 2000s, then this is the perfect movie for you. Yay. Fun for the whole family. The original escape room. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Not Quite Dead. Make sure to check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Hey, you know, if you're feeling a little wild and crazy, why don't
0: you try listening to them out of order? It's not like the Saw movies make sense anyway. Or, you know, listen to them in order, as they were intended. Either way, thanks for listening to our show. Don't get sawed.